Hey everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood Podcast is all about investing in every girl from every generation to live intentionally, lead confidently, and love generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Welcome back to season eight of the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and I am so glad that you jumped on to today's conversation. You know, my hope is that this time together will be a faith-filled investment into your life, your leadership, and your community. I just want to give a special thank you for those of you who have just been faithfully tuning in. You've subscribed and shared on social media with your friends. There are so many ways that you could be spending your time, and it means so much to me that you would spend it with us. We're so excited about this season, and as we kick off this season together, I just wanted to take a few minutes just to have a conversation with you, our listeners, to lay a foundation for where we're going to be going this season of the podcast, and to catch you up on what God has been stirring in my heart over these last few months. You know, like so many of you, every year as the year is coming to an end, I begin praying for a word, for God to give me a word for the coming year. I pray for a personal word for myself, and Todd and I always pray for a word that will set a course for the year for our church family. And this year, God gave me the same word for myself and for our church family. And it's just too good to leave that word back in the month of January as we kicked off the year. So even if you're not a part of the Christ Fellowship family, or maybe you already have a personal word for the year, I believe that this word... It has the potential to change you, to challenge you. So this season, we're going to work out this word. We're going to work the word that God's given us. And I hope you're ready for it because I've been dying to share it with you. It actually started a couple of years back. We were in Israel on a trip and we visited the town of Magdala. And this is an amazing biblical archaeological site that was discovered really in recent years. And it's right on the Sea of Galilee where Jesus performed so many of his miracles. It's where Mary Magdalene was from. And this site is dedicated to the value that Jesus placed on women and specifically to the women that served and promoted and gave their lives to his ministry. You know, and as I walked into this beautiful chapel in Magdala, on the wall, there was this amazing picture that took my breath away. And I'm going to put a a photo of this picture in our show notes because I don't think my description can do it justice. But at first glance, this picture is a huge picture of feet, right? I mean, it's it's a huge, massive mural of feet with first century sandals and, and just the bottom of the robes that people wore. It's obviously men's feet because we all know what men's feet look like, right? And in the middle, you see this woman's hand reaching for the fringe of the edge of the garment. And there's this glow all around where she touches the edge of somebody's garment. It's obvious that this picture is depicting something supernatural or miraculous that had just happened. See, this picture is from the perspective of the woman on the ground. Picture this. It's a woman on the ground, and all she can see all around her are feet and the bottom of, of the, the people's garments. And this it, it depicts this very familiar passage to many of us in Scripture. Most versions of the Bible would entitle this portion of Scripture, the woman with the issue of blood. Because this woman, 
She had been hemorrhaging for 12 years, and under Levitical law, this forced her to live in isolation. And just so you know, this law, this Levitical law, it was never intended to be cruel. But in the first century, they did not have the modern-day means of proper hygiene, and the risk of spreading disease to the community, it was just too great. And so this meant that for the greater good, this woman had to live in isolation. It meant that she would have either never been married or if she had been married, that her husband would actually have every reason to leave her. She could have no children, no family dinners. She couldn't even go to the synagogue to celebrate religious holidays with her community. So let this sink in for a minute. This issue actually became her identity. It impacted every area of her life. Have you ever had an issue or a problem like that? An issue that actually touches every area of your life? One that shapes how you see yourself and maybe how other people see you. One that maybe is of no fault of your own, an issue like depression or abuse. Or maybe it's a diagnosis that you feel has limited you in some way. Or maybe it's an issue as, that comes as a result of some decisions that you've made and you're living in the consequences of those decisions. An issue like addiction or, or bad habits or, or relational chaos. Maybe it's the issue of rejection, that someone that you loved walked away and, and you thought they were going to be with you for the long haul, and you thought that time would heal. But like this woman in this story, she found out that time was not a healer because time actually made it worse. And it says in Mark chapter 5 and a couple of the other gospels that she'd heard about Jesus. So one day she comes up behind him through the crowd, and she touches his robe because she, she thinks to herself, if I can just touch something that touches Jesus, then things could change and I'll be healed. And it says that when she reached out and touched the, the edge and the fringe of his garment, that immediately, the scripture says, the bleeding stopped and she could actually feel in her body that she had been healed of this terrible condition. And this, this picture actually shows this light and this glow where you could see something miraculous that happened. That would be the great ending of this miracle story, right? Because Jesus was so powerful that she didn't have to touch him. She just had to touch something that was touching him, and a miracle happened. But for Jesus, it wasn't enough for this woman to just experience his power, and then he would move on. When I looked at the name of this picture, I actually asked around, what is the name of this picture? Because I wanted to get a copy of it for my own home. And when I asked for the name, a great name for this picture would have been, you know, the woman who was healed of the issue of blood or this miraculous healing. This picture was entitled The Encounter. I love that word, encounter, right? See, Jesus, he didn't want to just be known as her healer. He had so much more for her than this one-time miraculous event or experience. He, he wanted her to encounter him, and he wanted to encounter her. See, an encounter, by definition, means this face-to-face -face meeting. That's what Jesus wanted. And when you have an encounter, an encounter is something that marks you. It's something that changes you from the inside out. And what I want you to hear is that experiences are great. Like the healing, it was incredible. And I am so grateful for the experiences that I've had in the presence of God. I'm so grateful for the experience I've had in worship when you're so captivated by his presence, you don't want to leave. Or the times that Jesus comes through with an answer to prayer immediately, right? He comes through with the financial breakthrough or the healing. Experiences are incredible. 
experiences are great. They have a purpose. They actually stir our faith, right? But they are not the end goal. They are just an invitation to more. And for this woman, Jesus' healing power, it was just the invitation for her to encounter his presence. See, his power could heal her on that day, but his presence would be what she needed every day. It would be what she would need to be able to face the challenges that she would have in the days to come. See, Jesus, he is more than just a cosmic healer, passing out miracles and making dreams come true. He's so much more than that. And he wants to be more than that in our lives. So because Jesus didn't want to just be known as her healer, he began to look around for for who had touched him. He asked his disciples, who was it that touched me? And they were like, are you crazy? Everybody's touching you. But he would not move on until he found out who had been the one who had touched him. And then this woman, knowing what had happened to her, she came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. And it says in the scripture that she told him the whole truth. She was afraid, but she began to talk to Jesus. And she had every reason to be afraid. She had broken the law. She had put other people at risk. See, Jesus would have had every right to punish her. But all of those fears, they were dispelled in an instant when it says that Jesus spoke to her face to face. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. And I just have to stop right there because that one word says so much. See, he wanted her to know that she was his daughter. And do you know this is the only time in scripture that Jesus called anyone daughter? Isn't that beautiful? That she was an outcast to everybody else. But to to Jesus, she was a daughter. He wanted her to know that she was wanted, that she was valued. See, he wanted her to know that, daughter, you are not your issues. You're no longer an outsider or an outcast. And because you are my daughter, you are worth stopping for. And as my daughter, you have access to everything I have. You have access to my healing, my power, my love, and you have full access to me. And this is what it means to be God's daughter, God's son, is that we don't have to settle for a one-time visitation, but we can actually encounter him every day and have a face-to-face relationship. But what I love about the story is that he didn't just stop for her so that she would know her value. Jesus wanted everyone in the crowd to know that, hey, she's with me. And, and even though the people gathered around him that day, they, they were hanging out so they could see more miracles. He, he was saying, I know you're hanging out with me so you can see me heal and perform miracles. But if you want to hang with me, you need to know that this is my daughter. And you can't say you love me and reject her. See, he was actually establishing a spiritual family. He was restoring her dignity. He was restoring her to community. He was giving back the territory, all that had been taken from her over the past 12 years. See, the miracle that she got was not the one she was looking for. He didn't just want to heal her in body. He wanted to make her whole. He wanted to give her a whole new life. See, this is the difference between an experience and an encounter. See, this encounter released her into the future that God had for her. And if she had settled for the miracles she received immediately, she would have missed out on all that Jesus wanted to give her, all that he had waiting for her in her future. See, so many times as Christ followers on our discipleship journey, we settle for the quick hit. We experience his grace at salvation. We experience his power when he answers our prayer. 
But an encounter, a life-changing encounter, it actually requires a response. It's our response to all that God has done for us. And as we kick off this season of the podcast, before we talk about encountering peace in the midst of storms or encountering joy and chaos or even encountering God's goodness and community, my prayer is that on our faith journey, that we would not settle for events or experiences, but we would grow up in our faith and pursue this face-to-face encounter with Jesus, the kind of encounter that's going to change us, that's going to challenge us, that's going to radically impact our families, our relationships, leave us hungry for everything that God wants to do inside of us and all that he wants to do through us. But, But this doesn't just happen passively. You know, if you really want this, and I believe you do, I, I want to throw down a challenge. See, when I read this passage, it says that that there were hundreds in the crowd that day, but only one received the miracle. Only one got more than what she was asking for from Jesus. She refused to let the crowd distract her from getting to Jesus. She, she wouldn't let them block her view or block her path. She was not going to let any crowd get in her way. See, there's always going to be a crowd pressing in on you, blocking your view, trying to keep you from the places where Jesus is. For some of you, the crowd are are the students at school telling you that that if you don't follow them, you're not going to fit in. There's the crowd of popular opinion and popular culture. See, remember, it was the crowd that called this woman an outsider, unclean, uninvited. The crowd is always going to try to label you. They're going to label you crazy for showing up at church and being in a small group. They're going to label you crazy for trying to live your life according to God's word. They're going to say it's outdated and antiquated. The crowd is going to tell you that you get to decide your identity, that you can just do you. But remember, the crowd did not form you in your mother's womb with so much value and purpose and potential. God did that. The crowd did not go to the cross. Jesus did that. He went to the cross so that you could have freedom and victory in every area of your life. And then he called you a son and a daughter. So you have an inheritance. And what I want you to hear is that the crowd will try to keep you from the inheritance of victory and freedom that Jesus has waiting for you. The crowd isn't bad. They're just lost. You can follow the crowd, but you'll miss your calling. See, don't let the crowd distract you. You've got to get to the place where Jesus is. You've got to get to church. You've got to get into a small group and community where people are cheering you on and calling you up. See, if you want to truly encounter the presence of God in 2024, encounter him in a way that's going to change you, then you've got to resist and refuse to let the crowd get in the way. Hey everyone, Carissa here. You know, one of my favorite things I love most about the podcast is the conversations I get to have with my friends. From favorite quotes to so good moments to devotionals, Show Notes Plus gives me the opportunity to discuss and dive deeper into the content. It's also a great way to stay up to date on everything happening in sisterhood. Click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on anything. You know, the second thing I see about this woman and her encounter is that an encounter requires honesty. It says that this woman came to Jesus and she fell at his feet and she told Jesus the whole truth. Another version of the story says the whole story. And how many of you know that there's a difference between the truth and the whole truth, right? 
I remember when I went to a slumber party in the sixth grade and I came home from the slumber party and my mom said, hey, how was the party? And I was like, it was great. We didn't go to bed till four o'clock in the morning. Well, that was the truth, but that was not the whole truth. What she didn't know was that we were outside knocking on people's doors and running away and the police showed up and they took my name and my address. And for the next three weeks, I thought for sure that I was gonna get arrested. That's the whole truth. A little bit different, right? But we know that when this woman shared the whole truth, it probably took a while. See, she probably shared how, yes, today her faith was strong, but there were many days when her faith had faltered and she was angry with God for the condition she was in, that she was probably angry with the doctors that had taken so much from her and taken advantage of her desperate situation. There was probably even some church hurt because the people of faith didn't even allow her to be a part of that community. But notice what it says in the story of this daughter. It says that when this woman told the whole truth, that's when he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Now you can go in peace. And I love it because that word peace, it actually comes from the Hebrew word shalom. And it means to be made whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. See, Jesus didn't want to just heal her body. He wanted to make her whole. He didn't want her to carry all the residue and all the pain of the past 12 years with her into her future. See, so many times we ask Jesus to touch half our story. We ask him to bless our our relationship. Pour your favor out in this relationship, Lord. I love him so much. But all the time we're holding on to half the story and going against what, what his word says about living our relationships out in purity or times that we ask him to heal our broken heart. All the time we're holding on to the bitterness and unforgiveness from the pain that somebody else caused us. And what he wants us to do is he wants to give us the whole story. Because when we hold on to half, we wonder why we're inconsistent, why we're weak and we fall into the same old patterns. He wants to redeem all of our pain, but he can only redeem what is revealed. And to truly encounter his spirit, we have to reveal the whole truth. So it's time that we step away from anything that might be holding us back from all that God has waiting for us in our future. But most importantly, if you don't get anything else from this podcast, what this story tells us is that just because we're around Jesus, it doesn't mean that we're going to encounter him in a way that's going to radically change our family, our desires, that's going to help us overcome our issues. So when you look at the story, there were hundreds of people around Jesus that day. Hundreds had an experience of brushing up against Jesus and touching Jesus, but only one reached out for Jesus. And the one who reached out was the one who received a miracle. See, there's a difference between touching Jesus and reaching out for him. And I believe there are some things that God wants to put in your hand this year that you're not ready for yet. You know, there may be some things that you're holding on to that you've got to let go of. In our next episode, we're going to dive deeper into all that is available to us when we decide to reach out to him. Girls, the word of the year is an encounter. And I don't want you to miss on the encounters that are waiting for you in 2024. So I'm so excited to go on this journey together. And I can't wait to hear from you about what God is doing and how you are encountering him in the days ahead. Thank you for joining us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, or leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good. 